Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast U18. It's under 18 uh, year old topics in under 18 minutes. Today we're going to be talking about movement caps. And uh, it's something that's really critical to the Brand X method and our, our program is really the solution of movement caps. But we want to talk to you guys a little bit about what they are, how they show themselves, and some things that we can do. So let's start by talking a little bit about what movement caps are. What are movement caps? So movement caps are the places in what we consider the assumed language of human movement. So movement vocabulary is, are the things that humans do in movement, right? Movement gaps are places where we see there is no vocabulary. There is no ability to understand what's supposed to happen in this place. And we started noticing movement gaps in a big way in... Uh, somewhere between 2010 and 2012. And we have a lot of instances of how they began to show themselves to us and how we realized we needed to do, to look at what we were seeing, understand what we were seeing and define it. Because we knew if we were seeing it at the level that we saw other coaches were seeing it and needed a solution. So what did we start seeing? I think Jeff, you particularly had some instances. That well, I think the very first minds. time we saw it was a young lady that we had a box jump. And we showed how we demonstrate, you know, every time we do a class, we demonstrate a movement. So we demonstrate box jumps. And this young lady said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be able to do that. And she jumped up and she landed just on her shins. Mm. And that was shocking. And, and the so, noise was, yeah, it was shocking. shocking. And so we came, came, you know, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. We want you to land on your feet. And she jumped up and she just landed on her shins again. And she, it, it was something that we had never seen before. And she just simply didn't understand the idea of, bring your feet up and landing on her feet. Further down the road, we came in and we saw, I started seeing kids when we would be doing things like warming up with broad jumps in a, in, a, in a class. And we'd watch kids, instead of, you know, jumping and landing with two feet, they'd kind of hop. They'd, they'd leap forward with one foot and land on land, you know, one foot and then the other foot. And we demonstrated the broad jump again, and they literally um, didn't have the ability or the kinesthetic awareness or the or the movement experience to jump with two feet and land with two feet. And rather than that being something that we saw once in a while, it became something that we saw, you know, creeping up into the 75 and 80 percent of the kids coming in the door. So simultaneous initiation, simultaneous landing was right. the, was the key there, right? Right. So we didn't we heard the stutter step instead of just and I think something that's important to note, right, is what we've noticed starting back then, right, because I was still uh, inside of the Excel program at that point. I think I was 16 years old when this young lady was, was, was doing that. And we had a whole discussion about it at that time, right? Like, 
her feet were, were well above the box and she would have been able to really easily just change the, the direction of her knee travel and, uh, and land with her feet on the box. But that just wasn't in her movement vocabulary at that time. Mm-hmm. Just like the way kids are stutter stepping now, when we see them do broad jumps or vertical jumps, we see a little stutter step and then a drive off of a single leg instead of a simultaneous drive. Those movements are both really dynamic but the problem has gotten worse over time. And, and I think something that we've started to notice more and more is that movement gaps, right? That missing vocabulary. It started when we started to see it with dynamic movements. And now it's shifting more and more towards the static yes. side of things. And like you were talking today about just walking down the street, right? Yeah. Just observing. We live in a community where there's, you know, there's elderly people, but there's also lots of families. And so we can't unsee movement being coaches, so we always always kind of observing what we see. And the traditional thing with elderly people is they lose the ability to pull their legs with the hamstring and they sort of shuffle forward and lean forward instead because there's no muscular strength anymore. Well, recently it just dawned on me that I'm seeing that same shuffle in youth. And it's it's an exposure. It's just I'm not walking enough. I'm not using those muscles enough. It's a, it's a scary um, expansion of the movement gap, gap mm-hmm. problem. We've had other coaches we talked to say they're seeing it in running now. They're seeing kids who simply have not run before. I'm getting the chills saying this because what is happening that kids aren't running, right? We, we also, one of the early things I saw, and this was due to other problems, but it does play into it, was a child who had an obesity issue and we were doing something on a, a pull-up break. We were just practicing static hangs on a pull-up break. And to get there, we had to step up on a box. And there was an assumption on my part that everybody could step up onto the box in a certain way. And I saw this child grab his own leg and pull it up to put it on the box. And that, that was a mind-blowing thing. And I realized now that was a movement gap because of his situation of being a bigger kid. He wasn't trying to climb onto anything. He had no experience with climbing onto something of how that could be done, nor the muscular, either the neurology or the muscle memory or any of the experience to have that happen normally. Yeah. I think one of the really important things to remember about this is both both going back to the dynamic stuff is that in every case, the kid sees the movement and goes, oh yeah, I can do that because in their, you know, in their genetics, they go, of course I could jump. It's that they haven't jumped. Yeah. And that piece is just missing. We talk about, you talk about the, the vocabulary. We also talk about it as, a, as the, the library of human movement. You know, they're just missing the book. That, that, or chapter. Or the chapter. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and that's, that's a really key point, right? Like movement gaps, when we're talking about how movement gaps actually start to, to show themselves and how they come to fruition... Movement gaps show themselves when a child thinks that they have a solution to the problem and they don't. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like it is their it is their personal solution to the uh, the physical challenge that's in front of them, but it's not the proper solution. Right. No. And so you have to take it back, which is kind of our entire thing, right, with the brand X method is boiling it down to the most basic pieces and parts of movements. You have to take it one step back because they show themselves in too complex of a situation for that child to solve at that time. And and, and there's a really positive thing to take from that, a really hopeful thing to take from that, and that is 
the beautiful optimism of most children so that they they believe they can yeah. do it. And they need our help because for whatever reason in their environment, they haven't had this experience. So how do we address it? We use something we call movement skills. We have right. a series of what are pieces and parts of essential movements that kids often need, and we teach it to everyone, perform them a whole movement later. So for instance, in, in the world of uh, bracing for doing any overhead movement or any loading, we want to make sure a child can keep a neutral spine and they understand what that is. Now we can't say to them, keep a neutral spine. They're we like, I don't know what you're talking about. So we're starting with little three-year-olds and going all the way up into the teen years and we start to progress that movement skill to something um, more effective for teenagers. But we, we start with the idea of a strong tree because every child has seen a tree and everybody can imagine what a strong tree looks like and what a, a tree that's bending looks like. Everybody can imagine that bending tree can't hold anything on top of it. And they can imagine that that strong tree with those firm branches can hold whatever it wants, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's like a, a structural imagery that we're giving them. And we actually draw a tree and we draw a bendy tree and we say, look, this is what we do. We keep our muscles on. That's engagement. We keep our ribs down. That helps keep the neutral spine. And we keep our tummy tight. And that gives them that sense of what we call bracing. That's a movement skill. And then we can apply that to so many things. We apply that to, we call it strong tree on the ground. So they're in a plank position. We can say strong tree on the ground. Once they understand strong tree, they know what a plank should look like. We can talk about it when we start doing pull-ups. We want them in that position to, to learn to hollow. It applies to many, many things. And it's a piece or a part of what will be other essential movement patterns that they need to go forward in their physical development. And and something cool that you mentioned, right? Like the beautiful optimism uh, that kids have, right? They think that they have that solution to the problem, but what's really cool about it is that it can actually change and we can impact those things at that, at that small level so that later on they can have those skills that they need to be able to apply them to more dynamic, more complex movements it is fixable. So that is, that is really great. And that's, that's beautiful that kids, you know, every time they see a movement, they're like, yeah, I got that. Right. And in their head, they think they do, but they might be missing some of those key elements. And that's exactly what movement skills are, is their solutions to movement gaps. And what they are is they're pieces and parts of movement that can't really be broken down any further than what they already are. Like bracing, you can't really break it down any further than core engagement, right? Bracing is, is core engagement with a proper breath. Now, if you look at something more dynamic, like the box jump, it's uh, even uh, distribution through the feet. It's bringing the knees up into a deep knee bend. It's hip flexion. Uh, It's landing simultaneously with the neutral spine throughout and then driving through in a squat type pattern, right? So you have a, a hip hinge to some extent. You have the neutral spine again. You have external rotation of the femur. All of those things that I mentioned are actually movement skills. Right, because those movements can't be broken down any further. You look at uh, external rotation of the femur at the hip. Can you break that down into <laughs> into several pieces when you're teaching movement? No. And so that's what movement skills are: is they're they're the pieces and parts that can't be broken down further, and they're the solution to movement gaps. And we we start with those at our base portion in our program. That's that's a base. We build on top of that, and then we boost towards more dynamic, more complex movements. So it's cool because they do have that optimism, and it, it can be fixed. And that's that's the solution to movement gaps is those pieces and parts. And and how are we going to do that? How are we going to fix? Like we, we teach those things, 
and then we create additional exposure to using and applying those movement skills within a movement pattern, and we do it over and over, and then we let them explore through different application. So we vary the, vary the scenario, we vary the, lo the logistics of you're going to apply strong tree or you're going to apply footprint in the sand, which would be external rotation of the femur. You're going to do those things in all kinds of ways, but we're going to keep talking about that essential movement skill every time you apply it, apply it even in a whole movement, so that it becomes second nature and that movement gap is essentially erased. <clears throat> yeah, and it's exactly that, right? It's just exposure over and over to, to, to the, uh, <clears throat> the, the basic pieces and parts that will eventually gain uh, complexity and, and, and become more dynamic. I think for me, the biggest, the biggest one that I've noticed, right, because it's a, a different generation, I think, yeah, we started with that, that, that box jump story, right? And I was in the team class at that time, the Excel class. And I saw that and that was, that was interesting. It wasn't something that I had experienced because I'd been doing the program since I was really young. But one of the big pieces I started to see, even from my generation to the, to the next generation was the inability to hang from a bar, which is also a movement skill, right? Like kids in my generation, whenever we'd go out for recess or go to play, go to the park, anything like that, we were hanging from the monkey bars. We were swinging from one to the next. And that was just kind of part of our, our day to day. And of course it starts like any kid starts, right? Like let's hang from the first one and let's see if we can reach, but those things are being skipped over. And I think a lot of that is just due to the society that we have now where it highlights sports specific skills and not really that physical literacy that we're after, right? Like we're always searching for that top end sport, uh, sports specific skill. And we're skipping that, that bottom piece, which is where movement gaps are found. We, we've actually, Jeff's got a, several stories of high-level athletes coming in who were at the top of their sport being scouted by colleges mm -hmm. in many instances and had big movement gaps. And it was a great concern to us. Somebody that was lauded as an amazing athlete that we, we could see, but they can't broad jump and initiate with two feet and land with two feet. What, and I think that just leads into a whole different discussion about, you know, Increase in sport injury and, and yeah. um, you know kids being out of sport because they get hurt and all these things. You know, really the the focus on movement skills, motor patterns, all these things that build good movement patterns. All of that is a, about increasing your physical literacy. But really, for kids who are in sport, it's about helping them get to the top level of their sport and staying there and staying uninjured. You know, the the idea, like one of the things that I think is just so common now. We watched kids come in who, you know, want to pick something up off the ground. They bend at the SI joint and we have to actually have to teach them to hinge at the hip. And that's just was unheard of 20 years ago. Just, yeah. un, just really unheard of. And I think where most people go, you know, where, where most people go wrong when they're training kids is they jump to the first, to the first level, the tier one something. We're going to, we're going to teach the kid to pick something up off the ground. Well, if we don't know how to brace, if they don't know how to keep their feet flat in the ground, if they don't know how to hinge, they don't need to be picking something up off the ground yet. They got to be working on those three things first. And I think learning how to identify what movement skills are necessary for to be um, safe in a movement, uh, learning how to piece those things together to build movement is critical to um, success of, of kids, both uh, to become more physically literate, but also to being safe and, and excelling in sport. 
So I know a lot of coaches, you guys are, are, are seeing this. You've seen this inside of your classes, kids that can't have or that don't have uh, the solution to uh, the physical challenge that's in front of them. Uh, we have the solution. We've done it inside of our classes. We have that base build tiered system that we follow where the base is those movement skills. It's the pieces and parts that can't be broken down further. Building on that is motor patterns. We're starting to link a couple of those movement skills together to eventually boosting to more complex movement. That was a U18 under 18 minutes youth topics on our youth fitness podcast. That was a youth fitness podcast topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.